three, two, one, go for it. Hey guys, it's Makara. Make sure to check out my episode on 34 Questions. What's going on, folks? Welcome to 34 Questions. Tonight, I have a very special guest. Mikara is in the house. How you doing, Mikara? I'm doing good. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Um, I know it's not easy for everyone to to be open and kind of, you know, be willing to share, share their stories. So definitely want to let you know I appreciate your time and your interest and, you know, your openness to be on the show. So thank you. Yes. <laughs> uh, for the folks out there who are unfamiliar with the flow of the show, we do some intro questions just to set the tone. Um, I do have an icebreaker for you before we jump straight into the main meat of the questions. So uh, sound good to you, Mikara? Yeah, sounds good. Let's do it. All right. Well, my very first question for you is, how have you been? It's been a very crazy year. Uh, you've been doing well. You've been going through it. How have you been? Um, it's been crazy, but in a good way. Mm. So I've just been really working on a ton of different things, wearing a lot of hats. I'm actually in the process of moving right now as well. Oh man! Uh, and this is like my second time moving in the last like few months because of COVID. So it's been very hectic, but everything's kind of starting to fall together. And a lot of it's because of what I'm doing with my music. So it's definitely a blessing and I'm not mad about it. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, you mentioned music. Um, what, what's coming up for you? Anything to look out for? Or is it still under wraps? You want to keep it a secret? <laughs> no, I do have something for you, actually. So I am releasing my first solo single as Mikara um, on Friday, May 28th. That's so right. okay. a little less than two weeks. And I'm super, super excited about it. For sure, for sure. Um, you said it's your first solo project, so did that, does that mean you made the music as well, or you know, how, how did that come about? So for this song, it's called You're Gonna Miss Me, and interesting that you asked that because this is the very first song that I did everything myself. Um, normally I work with producers, and I, I produce the track myself, although it is just a guitar track, so okay. I mean, <laughs> it's nothing crazy, but I learned a lot. And um, it's just been really exciting uh, kind of learning that, you know, because uh, because of the pandemic and having all this time, I was like, I might as well learn a new skill. I can't go into the studio to record like I'm used to. So I learned how to record myself, um, how to put together a track and how to mix and whatnot. So it's been it's been really um, just really exciting and a great learning experience. And I'm really happy with how it turned out. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, quarantine has definitely given us a lot of time. And um, for, for me, this this is what kind of came out of it. And I'm glad that, you know, you, you've had a project come out of it as well. Um, how was that learning process for you? Did it kind of come easy to you or was it a lot of trial and error when it came to working on, the, on that project? Um, so it's kind of been interesting. Like I've played here and there with recording myself in the past but i never really took it professionally because i've always had access to a studio and for me it's like i would record myself but i always knew that whenever i'd release a professional song i'd go into the studio and have it done professionally so covid kind of forced me to really take it more seriously in a sense and kind of just have to figure it out so that was really cool um yeah i've been playing around with production and whatnot like i said this is just a guitar track super minimal but i've been playing around with other songs doing production it's definitely hard but um i've learned things over the years but like i said i never really took production seriously i'm still i'm still just dabbling in production i'm not a producer in any sense but i am learning and it is something i would like to continue to learn for sure for sure um well just moving on with the conversation um my second warmer question for you is let me see where i can find. what would you like the audience to know about you hmm. um i guess just to know like what my message is and why i'm doing music uh for me i've been playing and performing out since i was about six years old so it's been quite some time now. My dad introduced me to music as a child. He actually would play guitar for me and my older siblings to help us go to sleep. 
and it always worked for them. But when I came along, I was always dancing along, like jumping on the bed, singing along to everything. And that's kind of when my parents were like, oh, like she's really into music. Let's put her into voice lessons. Um, so I've been doing music forever. And I just really, I mean, music has always been a passion of mine. It's something that's brought people together in my life, like family, friends, all of that. And I just really want my music to bring people together and also just make people feel something and to help people through those hard times. Because writing music for me is very therapeutic um, and it's helped me get out of a lot of dark places. And I just want my music to help touch other people and to help them get through those hard times if they've been through something similar. For sure. Uh, what, what song would you say always kind of makes you think of your dad? Like, if you don't mind me asking, if uh, if you hear oh, it. Oh, good question. Yeah. Um, probably. I think. Oh, there's a lot of good ones. I'm gonna go with uh, "Wicked Games" by Chris Isaac. We sing that as a duet, and um, Chris Isaac is actually from where we're from in Stockton, California. So that was always a song that we played for a long time and we sing it together and i've always played that song with him growing up so and it's a really song it's a really nice song to sing together and i feel like we both sound really great on that song that's what's up that's what's up <laughs> me and my dad we have a our song <laughs> I, I feel bad saying it. i feel kind of guilty because it was um i believe i can fly by r kelly and um, now we kind of have to change that song, but um, yeah, that, that was me and my pop song for the longest time. Yeah. Um, my second question for you is, if someone were to pay you a tribute, how would you like to be honored? If I was going to say today I'm going to honor Mikara in some kind of act, um, what could I do? Hmm. Um... It's a deep question. Let me think. Let me think. Let me ponder on that real quick. Okay, no problem. Take your time. There's gonna, there's gonna be music playing in the background, so it's okay. Good. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess as a tribute, um, I think just helping people, helping others, or even just a simple act of kindness can really go a long way. Um, like for me, I love just smiling and saying hi to people on the street and I feel like it really brightens people's day and, and my day gets brightened as well. And I always love when people come up and talk to me or say something nice. So I try to pay that forward and say that to people. Um, and I guess in a bigger aspect, uh, like doing volunteer work and helping in the community, especially with AAPI and Stop Asian Hate, that's like a big uh, thing that's important to me and something that I'm kind of trying to figure out myself on what I can do to really help with that movement. Um, so, yeah. What do you think has been uh, effective for you to feel like, you know, you're making a difference and making a change? I feel like that's the biggest challenge for me when it comes yeah. to these social issues is that, you know, I feel kind of small and insignificant and, you mm -hmm. know, not sure if anything I do is going to make a difference. So, like, yeah, what yeah. advice would you give me? On that. Um, so that's exactly how I've been feeling this past year, especially what was it like not even two months ago. Um, and even I mean, even today, it's like every day there's something new. Right. And I felt like I was getting bombarded with all this information and I was starting to feel really helpless because I'm like, what can I do that can actually make a difference? Like, what can I, I do that actually provides change? Because um, sometimes you're like, you know, you sign these petitions, you make these donations, but you're like, where is that go Where's that energy going towards? So I think for me, like something I'm trying to focus more on is smaller communities, like starting smaller, even though I want to think so big, right? And it's like, you want to save the whole world. But I think starting in our smaller communities and reaching out to local organizations and seeing how we can help in those ways um, are a great way to get started. No doubt, no doubt. I think um, that's something that stuck with me. I don't know if you've seen, there's like a Dave Chappelle stand-up on Netflix, uh, and he just talked about how he's from a small town from Cleveland and how important small government is, you know, just in contrast to, you know, voting in the big political stuff. And But mm -hmm. if we focused on the smaller communities, like you were talking about, that's where we can kind of feel the impact that we're making a lot, you know, a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, for sure and uh yeah so we do get deep on this show so um 
it, like I said, if there's any questions that you want to pass on, feel free. Uh, but I just want to prepare you. And I will always kind of like, you know, I'll, I'll try to brace you for, for the, the question if I think it's like really bad. But um, okay. I, I think this one kind of is a good, good one to set the tone. Um, it is the last question of the warm up. And this one is on a scale from one to 10, how well do you know yourself? Oh, man. Um, you know, I start to know myself more and more every day. And I've had a lot of growth in this past year and in these past like five years. Um, like I'm a very different person than I was um, at 18. Uh, but I, I, but I still wouldn't be at like the enlightenment level of 10. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so I would give myself maybe a seven. Okay. That's f- fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. I will say that's, that's um, been the most common answer. Seven, 7.5. Uh, among okay. The guests. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, you know, for me, I, I keep it safe. I, I, I always mm-hmm. say five. Um, because I want to give it equal parts of knowing and equal parts of not knowing. And I always tell my guests to my highest of highs, I feel like I know myself the most. And then at the lowest of lows, that's when I kind of wonder who I am. Um, And that kind of like fluctuates through life depending on uh, which stage I'm in, you know. Uh, But yeah, uh, what would you say is your favorite thing about your personality? Um, I'm very unforgivingly loving. Um, I'm very empathetic, very caring, and even though that does get me into quite a bit of trouble sometimes, <laughs> um, I'm unapologetic about it because now that I'm older, I've learned to accept it and learned to see that it is a beautiful thing, even if it has gotten me hurt in the past. I feel that. I feel that. Would you say you you kind of picked that up from somewhere or you've always just had it in you? Yeah, I would say both. Um, I had a great upbringing. Like, I love my family. I'm super close to my mom and dad. Um, They've been so supportive and amazing. Like I said, they introduced me to music, and they've been supportive the whole time. And they've always shown me nothing but kindness and love, and I've always kind of taken that and applied it to everyone that I've met in life. I got you. I got you. Uh, that's something I've been reflecting on. I think it's such a blessing when we do have good relationships with our parents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's something it I've taken for granted until I got older and realized not everybody has yeah. that, right? Mm-hmm. It is such a trip. I agree. Totally <laughs> uh, would you say you're more like your, your mother or your father, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> um, I'm honestly, honestly, I feel like I'm in the middle. Mm. Like, I really think I'm in the middle of both of them. Like, my dad's really the music side and the performance side and, like, the fun party side. And my mom's the really loving, caring, and fun in, like, different ways, very crafty, artsy. Um, So I definitely pull from, like, both of those. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we just finished with the warm-up questions. Before we jump into the main portion of the interview, uh, I do want to do a little icebreaker with you. And okay. It's a one-word spelling bee. So okay. uh, if, if feel free to participate. Feel free to <laughs> pass as well. But if you're down, you down? Yeah, let's do it. All right. All right. Let's do it. Um, so this is just a Google search that I did of the top 100 misspelled words in the English language. Um, so it won't be too bad, I don't think. Um, and your word is going to be daiquiri. Okay. Um, D A C Q U I R I. You have one more chance. I'm sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> um, you wait, added the letter there. Yeah. I'll, I'll, that's like my hint. Okay. You, you added the letter. Can I add the C? Daiquiri. Daiquiri. D A Q U I R I. Or you're so close. Oh my god, yeah. now I'm questioning everything. Okay, no. D A. No worries, no worries. D A C Q U R I? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 
I, uh, the answer was D-A-I-Q-U-I-R-I. There's an I right there, and I would have never guessed it unless I seen it. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. No worries. It's, it's when you sound it out. <laughs> you know, spell, spell check, you know, ruined it. Ruined us for, <laughs> for spelling, so. Yeah. No, we trip. Um, well, I was going to say, if you got it right, you would have been invited back to our Spelling Bee episode <laughs> of 34 Questions with all the other contestants. Um, but no worries. We will have other opportunities and games. I wanted to do like this uh, guess a song kind of thing where, you know, guests come back and they compete with their musical knowledge. So um, stay tuned cool. for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, so let's jump into the main main portion uh, there are three levels easy medium hard and i think now you ca- kind of get the idea of the kind of questions i might be asking mm-hmm. um where would you like to start easy medium or hard which level uh, let's start at easy easy all right <laughs> uh, go ahead and throw me a number between one and 34 um 22 22 what was the greatest gift you've ever received um hmm greatest gift I ever received oh my gosh um I'm trying to think take your time take your time mm. I got um this really great gift on Valentine's Day from my boyfriend and it was like a picture, it was like a cartoon book, but of us. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so it was really personal and really sweet and really thoughtful. So I think I'll have to go with that one. Was that like a comic or was it like a... Um, a it was kind of, it was like a, it was like a cartoon type of book. Okay, okay. Yeah, but the characters were based off of us, so he got to like customize it and stuff. Dang. I got to yeah. ask him where, where I can do that. <laughs> that sounds dope. That sounds dope. That was super cute. Uh, on the flip side to the question, what's the greatest gift you've ever given or that you feel like you've given? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> um, let me think. Let me think. I love giving gifts, so I'm trying oh, to think. Okay. Like, I, I love it. I do. I love shopping for people and giving gifts um oh god i can't even remember like what i've gotten people this past year but don't you like finding that like little niche thing that that person mm-hmm. likes and you're like "Ooh, this is gonna be perfect <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um oh god i'm like what did i get everyone well so something that i got that was like really funny and this is also with my boyfriend but <laughs> for christmas um we were doing like a gift exchange and it was like a funny gift exchange type of thing or it didn't have to be funny but usually like we do funny stuff with our friends and um i got him well he went viral on tiktok and he said something about like pete davidson and so i got him a picture of pete davidson like in a in a frame and then i also got him um you know those like long pillows of like the girl the like what do you call it the anime girls oh yeah no yeah i got one of those too so it was pretty funny so we opened that up in front of our friends and it was pretty great it was definitely like the gift of the night so that was fun that's hilarious that's hilarious uh you mentioned because you mentioned pete davidson uh are you guys fans of his or you know not oh yeah certainly? okay for sure yeah totally <laughs> did you guys catch his dad that movie he came out with like this past year we like, did yeah the... so it I'll... was really <laughs> yeah. interesting i wasn't expecting it at all like i don't i don't like follow him like that um so i was kind of surprised because i think a lot of it was supposed to be based off of like his his youth right yeah yeah that... yeah so, so it's actually really interesting it blew my mind. I uh, mm-hmm. I never really followed to Pete Davidson like that. I thought I knew, I knew he was SNL funny guy, but mm-hmm. I was expecting this movie to be funny, but far from that. You know? Yeah, yeah, it was definitely like pr- pretty sad. It was sad, serious. You know, made me kind of tear up. It was 
it was yeah. a, it was a ride and you know I, I, my yeah. respect level for him grew so much more because you know he wrote it and he directed it i was like man uh mad props to p davidson for that one. <laughs> oh yeah totally <laughs> for sure for sure um all right go ahead and throw me another number um let's go with 18 18 what's the best performance you've ever witnessed it could have been a concert a play Ooh. a dance yeah um best performance definitely banks this was like when she released her i think her second album and it was so cool and inspiring because i saw her perform after she released her first album at a music festival and she was very kind of to herself on stage but kind of stayed in the same spot didn't really look at anyone was really shy but still killed it and sounded amazing and then what was it like one or two years later i saw her um at this venue in san francisco and the show was absolutely amazing like it was so cool to see her growth she had two backup dancers um and they did this really cool thing with the lights where it was like her performance was still more like intimate and on the shire side but she was still hitting all her dance moves and doing all this really cool stuff and like theatrics um so it was like it was still her and it was still like a genuine performance from her but elevated and she grew so much as a performer it was just so beautiful to watch that and i was like dang girl like you get it like it was it was amazing that's what's up and it was uh, a yeah. uh azalea banks who's the artist um no banks uh, she does the song goddess say, say that one more time that, excuse me go ahead what was it? banks banks it's just banks just banks, um, just banks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah she's super cool uh her hit song was goddess and i think her album was also called that and then on her second album she had like gemini feed uh and fuck with myself i don't remember what the album's called but no worries. yeah I'm definitely gonna... check it out it's really it's really good thank you for putting me on uh yeah you know, <laughs> i um i just like i enjoy all good music so whatever you got just throw it at me and um yeah as a performer would you, would you wouldn't you say you get like a a different appreciation when you do go to performances it's like i, I know the inspiring feeling you're talking about like you're sitting mm-hmm. there and you're like damn i i, I want to do that i want to be up there you know giving yeah. that same energy um not yeah I, I feel you on that <laughs> that's all i wanted to mention for me yeah I don't know if you ever seen Lupe Fiasco on a like perform, but he's another guy who takes performing very seriously and like you know he wants to have make a show that people are gonna remember. Um, yeah, I've only heard people talk, you know, Kanye like that, um, but I've never been to a Kanye show, so I don't know what that experience is like. Um, yeah. Any other performers you feel like are that we should definitely go check out? Oh yeah, totally. I know. Now that we're talking about it, I was like, oh my god, I'm like thinking of other things. Um, Miley Cyrus's Bangers tour back in like, I'm so bad at the years. I don't know. This is like what almost five, ten years ago. Uh, That her tour was freaking amazing. Like easily the best in terms of production. Like that girl probably changed outfits at least ten to twenty times. She played a solid three hours straight and her voice did not waver at all and this girl's doing full-on dance moves the entire time full-on choreography all the costumes all the backup dancers all the set changes and yeah her her production value is just absolutely insane i actually heard i don't know where i read this or saw this at but supposedly for her tour she spent so much money on production like she wasn't even making money from ticket sales like that's how good she wanted her show to be like it was just really to go for the experience um so that was also super inspiring as well no that's dope it's it's like she just wants to make memories you know she didn't care about making money and uh yeah i feel like true performers probably have that mindset you know they're like cares about the money i want to make something so crazy that people are going to be talking about it for years you know yeah um, <laughs> so for for you yourself um what's been your favorite performance you've been a part of um one of my favorite performances definitely has to be at the flagship apple store in san francisco uh the one in union square i just yeah. thought it was so cool to get the opportunity to perform there because a lot of people that i look up to performed there as they were kind of breaking 
Um, so I think this was like a few years ago and I got chosen to perform there uh, to represent Asian American artists with the Asian American Music Conference. Um, so that was really, really cool. Like I walked up or not even, so basically walking up to the store, I could see my face because they had one of my pictures blown up across the entire screen of the Apple store. And I don't know if you've been to this one, but it has like all the clear windows from like top to bottom. I've seen it, yeah. So it was, like, exactly. You could see me all the way across Union Square. And it was just, it was like mind blowing. It was really, really cool. Did that, did that make you nervous or just get you more hyped? Oh, like definitely seeing. got me more hyped, for sure. <laughs> okay, for sure, for sure. I mean, yeah, yeah I was going to ask, um, how, did you ever have to deal with uh, stage fright? Or was that something that just kind of, like, didn't um, phase you? You know what's funny? Like, I've been performing forever, uh, but I remember the first time I performed in front of someone, it was, it was my grandma and I think maybe my aunts and uncles and cousins. And I, I was really young. This was probably even before I was six. But, you know, I was singing music with my dad since forever. And my dad wanted to show them that I can sing. Mm -hmm. So I sang with him behind the door and I made everyone stand outside because I was really shy and nervous. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I've, I've come a long way since then. Um, yeah. I definitely don't get that nervous anymore. Like, I don't have to hide behind the door, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, it, it depends. Sometimes I do get a little nervous. Not Honestly, not so much anymore. But, like, if I'm being judged, like, when I try out for these competitions, like mm -hmm. the voice in my title or anything I'm getting judged on, I definitely get a little nervous. <laughs> Ooh. You said you uh, you auditioned for the voice? Was that? Um, yeah. Oh. I think I just did like first rounds on that one. I never really got far on that one, but I did audition for American Idol a few times and got through a few rounds of that. Um, but yeah, that's it's hard. It's really hard to make it on those two shows. No, I, the only thing I've come close to maybe experiencing something like that was uh, this eight-hour wait for a casting call for uh, like a, a movie that they didn't even give us a name for. It was like a special project. <laughs> so I was, you know, I was there for eight hours with a bunch of people, and it was like a yes or no type thing. And they're like, just oh, no, yeah. no, go go that stuff. Like, oh, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What's that experience like? You know, I, I imagine being oh. around all those performers and, you know, people going for their chat. Uh, what was that like? Yeah, the American Idol one was crazy. It, um, the one I went to was at the SF's Giants, like, stadium. And I remember we had to get there at, like, 6 in the morning, and I didn't perform until, like, 7 or 8 at night. Holy... And I just remember by the time I performed, I was so cold. Cause I didn't realize how cold it, like I was pretty young then. I was probably like maybe 16. Mm. Um, I didn't know how cold it got in SF compared to like Stockton where it's like a little more in the Valley. Um, so I remember I was just freezing and you have 30 seconds to sing and it's you and two other people. So it's three of you just standing there in front of one judge. You're not in front of the main judge at all. Um, so it's this one person that's gonna say yes or no to you and you have to pick 30 seconds of your best song mm -hmm. and I remember for this specific experience we went up there they listened to us all sing and they're like sorry we already have enough people that we oh. accepted for today and I was like then why are we waiting around oh my god but it was a really cool experience overall I definitely cried um <laughs> I, I understand. I would cry too. I definitely like teared up a little after and was pretty disappointed. But looking back, you know, it was just a good experience. No doubt. I mean, you got that story. Not everybody <laughs> has that story. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would have. I would have been pissed too. I've been like, that would really discourage me from ever showing up again. To be honest, like. Yeah, yeah. I think I only did like I did some of the smaller ones after that, which were way more better because they actually came to Stockton and did like a smaller American Idol. Um, audition where if you make it they'll send you like directly to the judges um so that one i got through a few rounds and that was pretty fun but uh yeah i never made it in front of in front of simon cowell <laughs> i got you um well real quick uh, i do want to bounce off this idea off you uh you know thinking of where this whole podcast thing is going to lead i kind of want to create an event out of it you know and do you think because i think community talent shows had their heyday back in mm -hmm. like the 80s and 90s could that be a thing again <laughs> if you think 
would that be something that people be interested in what are your thoughts on that yeah i mean so i go to a lot of uh community open mics which i feel like is essentially almost the same thing right and i've met so many people that way um i was going to a ton in the bay area when i was living there like a lot of really cool ones in oakland um there were a lot of really cool ones in sf although i'm not sure they still happen anymore um and then when i moved out to la i was going to a ton of community things out there too So I definitely think people want it because people want community, right? And a lot of artists are just looking to connect with other people um, that do the same thing that they can collaborate with or learn from or anything like that. And it's always just cool, like listening to what other people are creating. That's true. That's true. Well, thank you for the juice. And we we actually met at one of those open mics. I don't know if you remember, but I I remember that. Yeah. (laughs) Which one? It was one in Hometown Heroes in South San Francisco. Okay. uh, Okay. Yeah. 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 It it was that that one. Um, But yeah. yeah. So full circle. Full circle. Full circle. Nice. Uh, I love it. (laughs) um, All right. Well. I know you didn't see the document, but I usually throw some curveballs at my guests. Okay. Um, and this question is going to be a fill in the blank. Um, okay. Social media is blank. Uh, it's exhausting. Mm. <laughs> uh, it's great, but exhausting. Please, please elaborate <laughs> if you don't mind. Um, Alright, I will say this, if I wasn't pursuing a career in music that you really have to be an entrepreneur, like any entrepreneurial career, I probably wouldn't be on social media. Like, I love living in the moment, and I, I'm totally the girl that like, when I'm out hanging out with people, I won't look at my phone for the next like 10 hours. And then I always, and of course, you know, being an artist, it's like, you want to be posting all the time. You want to be posting on Instagram, taking pictures, making videos for your TikTok and I'll dress up super cute. I'll go out, have a great night. And the next day I'm like, oh my God, why did you not take any photos or videos? You had so much fun and look great, but it's never the first thing on my mind. Like I'm never thinking um, social media first. Cause I think like human interaction first. I feel that. So, um, so I like having friends around that that are always on their phone because then they'll capture those moments for me. So like they're the best people to have around who are like always like, oh, let's take a picture right now. And I'm like, oh, OK, um, but I always I always forget about it because I'm always like the hype man, like trying to have fun and like have a really good time. And my phone's just always somewhere. <laughs> yeah, li- I mean, living in the moment, that's that's always been a big thing in my mind as well. And super frustrating when it feels like you have to have content and you have mm-hmm. to you, you know be be consistent you know so your followers can like see see you more consistently like i, I don't know it's 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 an interesting um game that they've kind of set up for for entrepreneurs or anybody really who can who, if you can figure out the algorithm figure out you know whatever strategy there is then I think social media can be the biggest platform that like propels anyone to to, oh, yeah. you know, to be out there. Um, yeah. But yo, I mean, I, I I can't I couldn't handle it, and I still can't. You know, <laughs> trying trying to do this thing, I'm just like, I, I try to find the bare minimum to to just be consistent as far as like having a little a little something. But I honestly would probably have to hire somebody to just be like, hey, can you uh, take these videos of me? Because you know, I. I I don't want this doesn't feel right all the time you know I don't know if for you or not but yeah that's how I'm too like sometimes I kind of look at it too like I'll be like filming a video you know and I'm like is this narcissistic like does you know yeah and, and I think it's too like it's different because we weren't born with our phone in our hand so I think it's also like a generational gap as well but honestly as much as I can say social media is exhausting at the same time it's been such an amazing tool to help connect with new fans and new friends um so you know I can't really knock it and I just got to push myself to work harder and get over that fear of being judged online or whatever um and just kind of jump in and do it and I might hate it sometimes but it's like you kind of just got to do it right you gotta just put yourself out there and see what happens <laughs> you do you do uh, and like 
you know, someone had mentioned to me, it, our social media profiles have kind of become like our avatar, you know, and like we, we, we promote a certain image of ourselves, we, mm-hmm. or whatever activity, so it is interesting how that, that it's, it's ha- it has its own personality, you know, in, in a way, um, I don't know if you, you, are you into the Twilight Zone at all? You ever check that out? A little bit. Um, there was there's a reboot. I'll try to make this real short, but there's a reboot. Uh, Jordan Peele made it, and there was an episode called The Comedian. And the biggest thing I got from The Comedian, which I would relate to social media, is that like there's this guy who wants to be famous, but he can't. Like he's not good until he started talking about personal things in his life. But every time he talked about those personal things, they would disappear from his life. Like he talked about his uh, nephew, his nephew would disappear. And it was kind of like this whole thing about whatever you put out, you kind of you kind of lose because it's owned by other people. Um, and yes, yeah, so, so it, that that idea kind of connected to me in social media because sometimes you you'll put something out there and you don't want it there anymore, but it's always forever going to be out there. Someone's going to be able to find yeah. it. And that's the scary thing about social media for me. Oh yeah, I totally agree. Um, I definitely think there's some scary things about it. Like I spend a lot of time on TikTok now and some things that I see younger people posting, I'm like, oh my God, like I hope, you know, it's, it's just, it's just, it's just kind of scary, you know, like some things that are posted are better left to kept private. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's what's going to be different about this generation, generation that has that in their face all the time and their privacy is the, the, the lies the lines are blurred of privacy so I mean, yeah yeah um did you have any final thoughts on that um yeah i mean you know i think it's really important to kind of know like what you want to keep private and off social media and out of the media versus like the persona you want to show online but i think for a lot of people you're right like that line gets blurred and a lot of people just kind of throw everything out there and i'm like oh my god it reminds me of when we used to make fun of people uh like dumping all their problems on facebook Mm. like the older generation and now you see all these younger people dumping their problems on tiktok um so it's kind of just funny seeing that like circle around but i think i think definitely like things are going to be changing and with, with as technology grows and as social media becomes more and more dominant in our life it'll just be really interesting to see where things go like you mentioned the avatar thing like now with the oculus rift they have um some of those like vr programs where you can literally just chat with people in vr and i'm like oh my god what if our life turns into that movie like ready player one where we're all just sitting in bed all day attached to like our vr headsets and we're all just like these fake people like talking to other fake people you know, with the way the climate stuff is happening, that just might end up being our predicament. Uh, yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. I don't yeah. know. No, I feel uh, like it's not far off from you, the future. <laughs> you just have me imagining, like, me having this kind of interview happening in VR right now. And I'm just like, how, how could I pull that off? How could I make that work? But, um, all right. Well, let's jump back into the, to the numbers. Um, right. you, you still want to stick at the easy level? That's all um, good. Bump it up a little bit. Bump it up. All right. Yeah. Level two. Level two. Uh, go ahead and uh, you could choose the same numbers or you could switch it up and choose different ones. It's up to you. Go for it. Okay. Let's go with number four. Number four. Would you consider yourself uh, religious or spiritual? Definitely spiritual, for sure. Um, I definitely believe in a higher power. I'm not totally sure what that is, but I believe in spiritual energy and. I, I believe like being a good person is gonna like further you in life uh, whether that's going to an afterlife or being reborn into something else I'm not really sure but I like I like to focus on like the positive aspects of spirituality and that's kind of where I'm at with that for sure um, what would you say is the difference between re- being religious and being spiritual um i guess with religion it's usually like a set religion right like you might be catholic or christian or buddhist or whatever whereas spirituality it's more like you believe in a higher being but you're not really sure 
you know, what that might be per se. Because I actually grew up with two different religions uh, because my parents are both two different religions. Mm. Um, so I think that's probably why I have this mindset of it because I used to go to the Buddhist church as well as the Catholic church. So I never saw seen myself as one or the other, but I still believed, I, I believe that everything's kind of connected. Like this higher power that we're praying to, I feel like it's all the same. Like the same energy and, and most of the lessons like i feel like i feel like most of the lessons in religion are to teach you like be nice to people like um i don't know i haven't i haven't gone to church in a while i don't know <laughs> but in general in general just be nice to people don't don't yeah, be like, causing be trouble person, yeah don't you know? take any lives yeah um, yeah like, don't kill people <laughs> the basics yeah. but i don't know maybe i just have my own ideas that no one else agrees with not really sure the world is a crazy place. <laughs> yeah, and you know, religion for me, like I, I grew up, I, I in a Catholic environment, and yeah, I, the thing that that kind of turned me off about it eventually was it felt very, um, it felt like I, I feel like zombified is too strong of a word, but when I'm in mass, like everyone stands up the same time, sits down the same time, and says the same words. Um, that, that didn't feel, that isn't right with me. And I know mm. it gives people a sense of community too, so I'm not knocking it. Um, yeah. But it just didn't vibe with me uh, in that way, you know? Um, so for, as far as spirituality goes, would you say that makes you also kind of open to like the supernatural? Or is it, it like, no. no, no, not at all. <laughs> There's no ghost in my life and no. I'm going to keep it that way. For sure. For sure. <laughs> I mean, sometimes when people are spiritual, like myself, um, <laughs> I've been, I've been called a light spirit by some people and they tell me that's not a good thing. <laughs> it, it means that there's, there's, I'm, I'm very susceptible to, to all that extra, extra supernatural stuff. And, um, yeah. Uh -oh. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly so i'll, I'll stop talking about it right there uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't want to bring that into into people's lives that they don't want yeah um, don't send me any ghosts over here yeah no no not at all not at all i think <laughs> they're all on me so um all right well i see any other questions about religion i don't think so go ahead and uh, throw me another number um 29 29 little bit i would say teetering towards a little bit heavier side but um what do you feel like is out of your control hmm. what is out of my control i'm very controlling <laughs> really <laughs> <laughs> no i definitely like i definitely like things my way and like doing things a certain way um I guess, well, okay, something that's out of my control and something that's really difficult for me to deal with because it is out of my control is, is death for sure. Like, yeah, like dying. Yes. I think that's been the most difficult thing I've had to deal with this past like year. I, um, I, I feel you on that. And, you know, it's, it's, I, I would say that's like the biggest, uh, I guess the biggest motivator for, for this whole project that I'm doing is mm -hmm. that you know i don't i can't say i'm super familiar with death like not you know i haven't been faced with it throughout my life however people around me have always been dealing with it and i'm the whole world deal, deals with it and yeah you know i'm not i'm not a doctor i can't come up with any cures i don't work in the government so i can't make any changes in the law so uh, we were talking about earlier the impact about serving community um, mm -hmm. and seeing that change. For me, I, I really just whittled it down to like the individual. Um, what if I just had a one-on-one -on -one conversation and kind of had that like you know timestamp or you know time capsule recording of a person of who they were and you know them telling their story. Uh, so yeah, that's how death has kind of made me think like what what can i do i can't do anything and <laughs> well, yeah. you know this is the one thing um so yeah, yeah. i, I definitely that's just crazy uh on the other side yeah. what, you said you were controlling uh what do you feel <laughs> like you've taken control of the most in your life that that kind of gives you that that balance or that harmony in yourself um I think just like taking control of my life, which, which is something I've started doing like within the past few years, like 
um, I definitely like allowed myself to not be control at one point, be in control at one point. Like I was in a pretty abusive relationship and getting out of that situation was so freeing and liberating for me. And it was kind of like, oh my God, like I can, I can do anything I want to. And now I'm at a point in my life where I'm never going to let anyone else tell me what I can and can't do or anyone like hold me hostage in a sense of, of my life. Um, that was kind of the situation I was in. And that's actually when I like packed up and moved to LA. Um, and yeah, it's just been really freeing. It's like, I, I like having the control to know that I can do anything I want to do and anything that I set my mind to. Like if I want to move to LA, I can move to LA. Like if I want to move um, across the country, which I lived in Montreal for a year, like I can go live in Montreal for a year. Um, and one of the other things on my list that on my list of things to do is like I want to go live in Japan for like six months. Like that's on my list of things to do. And it's nice having that control to know like you can do anything you want to do. And it kind of ties back into the whole like death thing. Um, like I, I've lost some people this year unfortunately and as hard as it was for me to deal with it also just made me realize like I can't wait for anyone else I can't wait for anyone else to catch up with me or to tell me what I need to do or try to take control of my life you know no matter how close they are to me or whatever like I have to always be in control of my life because I don't know how long I'm going to be here and like I don't want to ever live with any regrets and that's kind of what made me kind of regain power and take control to know that I can go do these things. Um, it's like, why am I going to work a job that I hate if I love music? Like, why not just, you know, maybe I'll be poor for a while, you know, whatever. Maybe I won't be able to live in my dream apartment, but I'm going to hustle and work on my music every day because I believe in myself. And the truth is, if I don't do that, that's going to be something I regret if, if when my time comes. Wow. No, uh, I think you brought, brought up some very re re relevant things for me there. Um, yeah, I'm actually in the middle of limbo because of uh, I just switched jobs recently. Or I went from a job that paid well but had pretty bad hours um, to a job that pays a way lot less but allows me to, to do this thing. And uh, I'll, well, I'll tell you, it did not feel great in the beginning, you know. It, it made yeah. Me, it made me feel like I was falling and I was like kind of yeah. like yeah and yeah I'm, I'm just trying to catch myself at you know at this moment but like I think you know uh, similar feelings for, for you it's like you have to kind of take that chance and you kind of if it is something you love to do why not like be that thing that because you do you really want to feel like you hate your life you know sp yeah. splitting your time that that's how I felt um yeah. exactly and like for me a lot of my friends who passed this past like year and a half they were they were all young like they were all in their 20s and you know it, it just made me realize like nothing's guaranteed anything can happen like you can get in a car crash and you're that's it so it's like why am i gonna waste my time doing something i hate like i had a really well-paying job and then obviously i don't have it because of covid but things were kind of starting to dwindle down there anyways um but the guy i was working for was like mad like crazy like absolutely like actually a psycho um <laughs> and it sucked when you when the when he was there um but anyway it's like i don't want to waste my way like waste my life slaving away to make money for someone else when i should be doing the things that i love every day because because life's just life's just so short like you just never know um and it's like no matter like how safe no matter how safe you are like even if you're like i'm not gonna take risks like i'm not gonna go skydiving or like i'm not gonna go uh dirt biking or do any like crazy sports like it doesn't matter because most people die in a car driving and everyone drives <laughs> um and it's like so you never or some a lot of people die in their house too like just from like random accidents so it's like you never freaking know um yeah so that's kind of like my outlook lately like i'm not gonna lie like when when this stuff happened this past year like i was totally dead i, like, I felt really lost um and that actually shook my spirituality for a minute because i was just really confused and i was like why why does this happen why does it happen to people that are young like what's the reason because i used to be very like everything happens for a reason that was kind of my motto 
like everything that happened in life that maybe didn't go according to plan I was like well you know what everything happens for a reason and something better can happen for me and so when I had friends pass away I was like oh my god like what's the reason like I'm so confused I don't understand um but I've come to peace with it a little more now and I think it's just really a reminder to you know keep doing the things that I love spend time with people that I love um and keep loving people with a full heart you know like I mentioned before like some I used to feel kind of insecure about it because I used to get hurt all the time because I was so loving and so open and I always gave my whole self to people and I used to be like oh my god like you can't do that because people are gonna step all over and hurt you but looking back I'm like you know what I have no regrets in giving my full heart to people because some people like needed that at the time and it's not like it's unappreciated you know so yeah that's my spiel <laughs> I think that's a very delicate thing that you're trying to do um, you know giving your your whole whole heart out there without you know because when you do that you leave yourself open to get hurt as well and mm-hmm. I think I don't think it's impossible I think there are people who, who can do that um, but yeah it's, it's going to be very tricky I think for anyone who, who you know wants to approach life that way I think that's yeah. <laughs> you so I, I've heard I, I've been called um, not called but I've been told that I kind of lean towards toxic toxic positivity sometimes where you know sometimes I may you know like pretend everything's fine or pretend like everything's okay and not focus on the, the bad things and I don't know, when you were talking about being unapologetically loving, I feel like I almost am feeling like I'm unapologetic, unapologetically positive. Um, just because if I was going to be on the spectrum of, you know, positive to negative, I would much rather be on the side of like extreme positivity because I know there's just so many negative things in the world. Um, not saying that I won't you know and I'm pretending that everything's good all the time yeah but as far as I guess I don't yeah I don't, I don't like focus on it too long I always try to be like okay that happened but what can we do next to to kind of like um, improve or make it better uh but yeah talks of positivity is that a thing for you is that interesting know? I don't know I guess I would need to hear like an example of of what of what's considered toxic positivity for you because for me i feel like you know the glass is either half empty or half full so you kind of get to decide how you see it right like we can all either walk around being miserable all the time because you know there's a lot of shitty things that happen every single day like life kind of sucks sometimes um or it's like we can walk around and focus on the things that we can control um and every like everything is a mindset so like life is the way that we want to view it right and I understand like maybe there could be toxic positivity like walking around with rose-colored glasses but I think it just depends on whether you blind yourself to the reality that's going on if that makes sense yeah no it does it does and that's that's why for me it all comes just down to balance it comes down mm-hmm. to like you know how much of that rose are you letting in versus you know the reality and yeah it's uh you know similar to to, to your mission it's it's all about balance um mm-hmm. and yeah well thank you for your for your thoughts on that yeah and uh, just a heads up we, we've made it pretty close to the end of the podcast i only have a few more questions for you uh okay just want to thank you for coming on again it's been a yeah, lot of fun for me. me yeah this is a great conversation i'm glad you enjoyed it. that's that's what i aim for um <laughs> all right so concluding questions okay. um this this next question is actually from my previous guest um and andre brown shout out andre brown um his question for you is if you had no liabilities or deadlines or responsibilities what would you do tomorrow uh no liabilities deadlines or responsibilities um i would go to disneyland (laughs) which i am doing tomorrow so excellent there you go (laughs) uh no i guess it depends if i had like money 
like do, does money come in this equation like do i have funds let's say <laughs> let, let's say uh for this question no funds so it's like more a little no more real a little more realistic okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um yeah if i had like absolutely nothing to do like say i didn't have any of this because i because i do actually have stuff scheduled tomorrow that i will be doing but i am also going to la um but uh uh probably just like hang out with family friends um cook okay for sure um well just a little pause what's your favorite thing to cook um, I love, I love, love Asian food, but I'm still like learning to cook. So, um, mad props, yeah. mad props. Cause <laughs> I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm not a good cook. You could ask anybody I know. I, uh, I am the laziest person when it comes to cooking. So mad respect to anybody who can, you know, have the patience, do the whole process. That's, that's all you guys. Eventually I'll learn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just not this time. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, next question for you is, what would you like to ask the next guest that comes on 34 Questions? Um, what would I like to ask? Hmm. If you didn't have to worry about any financial situation, how would you spend the rest of your life? Okay. Like, if you were totally chilling, like, you got a house, you got a place to live, and you have finances to, like, do anything you wanted like how would you live your life interesting financially free I got you. And that's, <laughs> that's what we all are striving for <laughs> yeah yeah financial that's freedom. cool that's cool uh, yeah that's uh I, I i can never guess who's gonna come on next because uh, things change so i'm always curious who's gonna be the one that's left with this question <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh my final question for you um, the thing that ties it all together is what would you like your descendants to know about you? If you're thinking 500 years from now, they're watching this video, what would you like them to know about you? Oh man, 500 years? Yeah. You know, well, first of all, I would say I hope you guys are okay. <laughs> I hope the earth is okay. <laughs> yeah. First but, and foremost. <laughs> yeah, let's say everything was like normal like this. Um, things about me I would like them to know is uh, I have always been the one to follow my dreams and find people that are supportive of that. And I want to encourage them to follow their dreams, um, live life to the fullest, love frequently and often, and make sure the people you love know that. Um, and just live every day like it's your last and enjoy enjoy every moment because life is really precious and it's beautiful and it's short and you just gotta enjoy every second of it that you can and maybe be a little toxic positivity in there <laughs> yeah i mean if my descendants are watching this embrace it i don't know about you guys yeah. but for me get comfortable being positive i don't know um Wait. Thank you, yeah, Makara. Yeah, and also uh, learn how to reincarnate me because you probably have like the technology now. I yeah. want to clone. Yes. I want to clone me in space. But put my consciousness. Please save my consciousness too, because what, what would it be if if I didn't know who I was anymore? But uh, yeah. Now, so I mean, would you do that? Would you? leave some dna out there so like you know if there was a com company that was like oh yeah submit your dna we'll clone you once the technology comes Is Dude, that i would love to go to space like that's all my things list of things to do it's actually at the top of my bucket list um i totally submitted to elon musk's thing about like getting to travel across the moon in the spaceship so hopefully i get picked fingers crossed um <laughs> yeah no i feel it but uh yeah, I don't know. Well, it's weird because they say with clones, it's not your brain. It's, it'll just look like you. No, so there's no, there's, I guess not so it's yet. it's not actually yeah. you. It's yeah. just with the genetics, it looks like you. But then again, you know, 500 years, who knows? Yeah. Maybe, maybe they'll put us in some sort of stim, uh, simulation. There's, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of stuff out there uh, yeah. that kind of play around with that idea. And if it is yeah. out there, I don't know, you... Black Mirror, something you've seen? I was just going to say that. Okay. I was like, you know what? I don't know if I'd want that because I've watched too many Black Mirror episodes. So, 
maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe maybe just let me let me rest in peace. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that that episode definitely comes to mind. It's just like yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Do you want to stay stuck, <laughs> or do you just want to be at peace? And yeah, the great unknown. Well, um. Makara, want to thank you again for coming on. I think that was a great conversation. I think we could have talked even longer. Um, oh yeah, it's one by so fast. <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, maybe in a few months we'll check back in, see how you're doing, see how the music's going. Uh, that'd, yeah. That'd be great. Um, want to thank you again for coming on. And uh, did you have any last things you wanted to add at all? Oh, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. This is probably like one of the best interviews I've done. And I love that we got to really talk about deep topics. And it was, it was cool. And it was cool hearing about your stories, too. Appreciate it. You didn't even get to level three. So it's all I good. Know, I know. <laughs> Don't worry. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, just want to thank the folks out there for listening, checking out the episode. Um, and yeah, thank you for doing you. Feel free to subscribe, like, comment, do what you got to do. I hate that's one of the things uh, fresh frustrating things about social media is that i have to say it i have to say it the algorithm says i have to do it um <laughs> but uh yeah folks we'll catch you next time and-